your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. Okay, now, Mike, we were talking about something before we started. We were actually talking about a lot of things before we started, but uh, mm-hmm. it was... Oh, oh, something you said was really relevant to uh, this this special, and I'm not sure... And it's been so long now that I don't remember what. So why did I start with this? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it about how um uh it's it's so important to have like a person uh someone that you can connect with on a on a deeper level like having a dog yeah uh okay let's say that it was, it was about that yes <laughs> yeah let's say that because it, i like that because it it's 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 it connects it sort of not really but also make it sound like i was saying something very deep and meaningful <laughs> before we were talking before we were recording yeah. um but we are talking about p- someone who desperately wants a dog tonight because it's it's the second charlie brown's christmas special actually it's the third why what why are there so many of these christmas specials with charlie uh, brown because charlie brown became synonymous with christmas uh, somehow they were i i somehow as if they didn't rerun a charlie brown christmas every single year so they thought that like look people love this charlie brown christmas special because we run it every year and it's not like and okay first of all this is a time when there's like three channels and there's and Christmas when everything's closed. There's nothing to do. So like, wow, people really love this Charlie Brown special that we show when there's nothing else that they can possibly do instead. We better commission a whole bunch of new ones. It's like <laughs> just show, keep showing the original one. Yeah, you don't, just, you don't need just do the a Christmas story thing. Show Charlie Brown Christmas for 24 hours. People won't care. Yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, um, what's actually, the this gonna special happen? reminds me a lot of a Christmas story because it's mostly a lot of relatively unrelated things happening. It's just a bunch of sketches. Yeah. Um, so this this Christmas special, it's mostly uh, bits from the newspaper comic that have been kind of spliced together, and it really shows. Yes, um, it's it's one of those ones where. Uh, they have a problem. There's a bit of a timing problem consistently where they just, they finish a strip and then they immediately go on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, they don't give you time for the joke to land. They just set up the next one. Yeah. And the jokes, I mean, uh, they, they are, yeah, they, they really, they don't, they don't even, register as jokes half the time it's just uh i just kind of see like oh these kids are just saying annoying things i'm sorry oh I, my god I, that it's 90 percent of this is kids saying annoying things 
I don't like this one. Oh man, this I is... <laughs> I really did not like it. This is our worst peanut special. This is worse than Flash Beagle. It really is. It uh, honestly, I would agree with that. This is worse than Flash Beagle. This was just I I you know I hesitate to say this is like oh a cash grab because it's kind of like is a could you actually call a peanut special a cash grab? How much money are they making on these things? Well, but. Consider that Schultz was dead by now, so they're just like, we want some of that for ourselves. So, oh, okay. Um, that, I mean that that does scan. Um, this is, you know, there there's when you watch a Charlie. It's um, what is it? It's this Charlie is, Brown I, Christmas time. Yeah. This oh, one so is what called, is the name of the one we're watching tonight? The one yeah. we're watching tonight is called "I Want a Dog for Christmas," Charlie Brown. So okay. I have a question. Have you ever invented yes. a Peanuts OC? I can honestly <laughs> say that I have never. Well, no. <laughs> well, I guess I had an OC who uh, I've mentioned before, who I had, I wrote this elaborate thing where he met a whole bunch of car- uh, comic strip characters, including Snoopy, but he wasn't in the peanuts universe okay so he wasn't supposed to be a peanuts character he was kind of your own proprietary character yeah. who was meeting all of the it, who was kind of doing the kingdom hearts thing with uh, the comic yes. strips my my character i would say was much more a garfield oc because it was basically like the comic the thing that i did when i was like eight years old and i drew this all in colored pencils was my oc went on a game show right yeah. Uh, wh- where? Oh, did I mention this? Have I talked about no, this? No. Tell. Yeah. Not in this much detail, though. So, so continue. Oh, okay. So my my OC, who is a parrot named Shrimp, because <laughs> I like the sound of the word. I didn't. I mean, okay. He he was on a game show. His teammates were Stoopy, Garfield, Heathcliff, um, and Hobbs. <laughs> uh, and they won this this game show. And proceeded to, they won a trip to Paradise Island and then basically went through the plot of Garfield in Paradise. (laughs) So it's basically a Garfield uh, uh, insert, but Snoopy was involved. So, and with a sort of family feud esque game show. Yes. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, I don't know where that came from, but um, (laughs) I guess I want an excuse for them all to be there, you know, like, that was like a, they, it was a good origin actually. I like I like that setup. Yeah. Um and I the most the one thing I do remember mostly is that uh, at the very end Calvin does appear but because I couldn't draw people his head is obscured behind like um some other character. So so you just <laughs> see his like red shirt, you know. Wow, so Calvin became nanny from Muppet Babies. Yeah, I don't know why I was like, I don't know how to draw a human. It's like literally just draw like a round circle for a head. It's like Calvin is not hard to draw, but <laughs> I was, you know, I was, I was, you know, it's weird. I don't know if I was at this age where I was like, I can't draw humans. I, don't, I just draw stick figures. Everything else is like a normal picture, but humans are always just stick figures. Huh. But yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, but no, so the long, that was a very long answer to say that I, I believe I did not have a Peanuts OC. Ethan, did you have a Peanuts OC? I just invented some. Would you like to hear about them? 
Oh yes, tell me. I I'm sorry I derailed into this pointless story. I didn't realize you were you were setting it up for like an actual thing here. No, so, no, no. Tell me these peanuts. No, I wanted to hear yours. I was I was excited for this. No, no. My t- I have invented peanuts OCs who are specific to the peanuts specials. And Mm -hmm. it's a big brother and little brother. The big brother is about Charlie Brown's age. The little brother is about reruns age. And their names are Bill and Murray. And Bill and Murray's role in the, in every, in a given peanut special is that Bill is the one who says the title of the special to Charlie Brown. So, (laughs) so if, so Bill would have to want a dog for Christmas and he would say, to Charlie Brown, I want a dog for Christmas, Charlie Brown, and then kind of sock him in the arm. He always does that. He always says, "It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown." Uh. It's <laughs> Snoopy's getting married, Charlie Brown. Uh. And then, and then Murray, who always has like a hat pulled down over his eyes, will repeat him say and say it in the in the wrong order. Like, yeah, Charlie Brown, it's a great pumpkin. And then he'll like kick Charlie Brown in the shins really hard because like like a little kid who doesn't know his own strength. So <laughs> so it's so every every time they appear, it's going to be like, "Who's that?" It's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown. Mm, yeah, Charlie Brown. It's Flash Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I can see these guys actually fitting into the actual Peanuts universe pretty easily. I mean, I can envision them in my mind. I can see them clear as day in my mind's eye. Bill and Murray, ladies and gentlemen, my new peanuts, my addition to the peanuts canon. Bill Bill and Murray, copyright Ethan, donut steel. (laughs) And I bring up the OCs because Linus, no, not Linus. This is a special that's all about rerun. And he really feels like like a self-insert somehow, even though Mm. Charlie Brown is the self-insert. So rerun is like someone else's self-insert character. Mm. Yeah, I mean, everything you need to know about rerun, it's right there in his name. It's right there. He's a rerun. He's they he's, literally use ugh. the same jokes for Linus that were used in the comics for rerun in this. Yeah, and the thing about rerun, I mean, rerun is I know the the thing about him is Schultz was like originally Linus was younger than the other characters, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of jokes on him being younger and then i guess as linus eventually became charlie brown's main confidant um they schultz wanted another younger character to kind of fill in that uh that younger niche and uh so then there the the van pelts have a third sibling rerun who looks exactly like linus and his main thing in the comic strip is to be on the back of their mom's bicycle and make a running commentary about how she's bad at biking. And that that's the main thing. I remember him in the comic strip. Um, but uh, now he's apparently older and he's basically just another Linus. And you're like, why did you age up rerun too? Are you going to have to like, uh, like create a fourth sibling now? Like what's the point of this? Our mom what had a doing? fourth baby. His name is binge watch. Yeah. <laughs> So, so was this, this was all done after, okay. I mean, uh, do we know, sorry, Ethan, I don't know how familiar you are with the, the strip. Do we know is, 
was re- did was Rerun aged up in the strip eventually too, or yeah, is this a just little bit. He's special? been a he started out as a baby, of course. Uh, that's he was only supposed to be about two or three when he was going for the initial uh, bike rides with his mom. Now he seems to be kindergarten age, so he's you know at the oldest six. He loses a tooth mm-hmm. too, so uh, so he's yeah he's oh, yeah. about first grade to uh, kindergarten. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's, he's young, but he's, he's not, but he can talk. He can interact. He basically, boy, can he talk? Inter- oh, he never shuts up. He never um, shuts up. This whole movie is just rerun. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> You know what I, I, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, and listening to Rerun and the way the kids talk, I made a kind of astonishing realization that they speak in the exact same cadence as the adult's trumpet voice. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. You think that's on purpose? It feels less like the kids are speaking and more like a trumpet learned to talk. (laughs) Does it ever? God, uh, there is so much mute. talking in this. Ugh. Um, and the thing is, uh, rerun talks. I mean, you can see when he talks the the interactions he has with his older siblings, Linus and Lucy. They're sort of in the same vein as some of the interactions that a younger Linus had with Lucy. You mm-hmm. know, where Li- where Lucy was kind of being a bully and Linus was being philosophical and sometimes disarming her with his words and stuff like that. But they're so much less charming when Rerun does it. You know, like, I feel like when I see the interaction between Linus and Lucy, I often feel like, okay, Linus is... Yeah, you're kind of rooting for Linus because he's the underdog and, you know, he's got his got this mean older sister. But in these, Rerun is just starting shit all the time. You know? Yeah. Like, um, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Who are we supposed to be? You know, with Rerun, it feels like Lucy is the one who we're supposed to sympathize with. I mean, as an older sibling myself, I mean, I found myself sympathizing a lot with Lucy in this one because... <laughs> I was like, God, I hope she does clobber that little shit because, oh, <laughs> uh, he's just, you know, like they're just sitting around watching TV and rerun is like, oh, the kids today asked me if I had an older sister. And I said, no, I'm an only child. And they asked if I had a weird older brother. And I said, no, I'm an only child. And it's like, rerun, why are you telling Linus and Lucy this? Why Why are <laughs> you just saying you want them to know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, do you, you know, do you understand like I mean, they're right to beat you up. You deserve it. They're teaching you a valuable lesson about when to keep your goddamn mouth shut, Rerun. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what does he think is going to happen? You know, that they'll be like, oh, yes, it's it's good that you, like, you know, disowned your family publicly because you think we're weird. Fuck you, Rerun. Little little piece of shit. Oh, yeah. I hate him. Um, uh, but yeah, so he's just, and he, he just... And then what is it where he just 
Yeah, we get a lot of these strips because I Lots guess there's of them in a big string. Yeah, yeah. Where like he like rerun walks back in and he's all like, "If an older sister is weird and an older brother is weird, do you think that the younger sibling might be immunized immunized against it?" And they throw him out the door and he's like, "I guess not." It's like, what are you? What do you mean? That doesn't follow. Yeah. Uh, do you think? Are you saying that? The fact that they threw you out of the door makes you think that now you are weird, rerun? Because, or or were you trying to say that if your older sister and older brother are weird, that means they can't take their weirdness out on you? What are you, what are you even saying? You know, like rerun. Like define uh, weird, rerun, come on. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, Linus, uh, Lucy is not weird at all, really. I mean, she, they say she's crabby, which is... I guess accurate, but I'd be crabby too if I were her and had to deal with this shit all day. Yeah. And um, Linus is, uh, I mean, you know, he's a little, I guess you could say the, the blanket and the thumb sucking is a little weird, but um, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's like, I, it, it, you know, it's not like so weird that like, I'd be like, Oh man, that's a weird thing. It's like, no, that's, that's a thing kids do. You know? No, I, mean, I mean, yeah. Some kids I was, hold on to it longer than others. I mean, he's, what is he seven? I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I was, I'm not sure how long we're supposed to tolerate thumb sucking, but if I saw a seven year old who was sucking their thumb, you know, I would not regard a, you know, I wouldn't make the, you know, the meme face where you point and make a demon. Fit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was sucking my thumb at seven to be totally honest. I mean, what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> pretty weird. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, rerun is just being such, I mean, I do find the one thing I find kind of interesting about the whole thing or kind of funny is the fact that rerun who is kindergarten age, uh, doesn't suck his thumb, but his older brother does, which is, you know, I think there, there is a, there is a dimension of, to the characters there that could be kind of interesting, you know, if you're, if we explored it, I'm, I guess from Linus's point of view, you know, what is it like to be an older brother who, still sucks his thumb when your little brother doesn't, you know, like how does, you know, what kind of existential crisis might this uh, cause for Linus? But no, it's all rerun. So, eh. Now I'm um, imagining a strip where Linus is like, well, here, let me try your thumb. Blech! Oh, if I was you, I wouldn't suck my thumb either. That's that actually uh, sounds like a very peanuts thing to happen. <laughs> actually, let me try your other thumb. Mm, mm, <laughs> mm. And then for the rest of the week, this re reruns like, Mom, get Linus off my thumb. Well, you know, I do remember when I was younger, I mean, I, and, and sucking my thumb, which I did do when I was young. Um, one thumb was definitely very weird. Didn't fit in the mouth properly, you know? I, I have no memory of sucking my thumb unless I was imitating Linus, which I did a lot because I was a comics maven. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I did. My parents gave me shit about it. <laughs> I don't remember the age at which I was doing it, but I, I also had a security blanket. Uh, I had two of them. You know, I mean, I was a <laughs> I nose picker. Oh, hey, hey. Well, there we go. That's a good way to be. But did you fling them or eat them? Is the question. Uh, both. Oh, hey. Ah, an amphibian. <laughs> an omnivore. <laughs> uh, so. But where did you grow up with pacifiers? Um, 
I probably did. I, I do know that I was a very loud baby, according to my mom. So <laughs> I, and I know that I had to be bottle fed because I bit the nipple. Ooh, ooh, okay. No, I was so, I was actually breastfed for quite a quite some time. Not like crazy Hathor the cow goddess until you're seven, but uh <laughs> damn, that's a be- deep cut. <laughs> Oh, only real heads remember the deep lore of Hathor the cow goddess. Yeah. Is she still around? Um, Man. I, I think she's turned into a crazy anti-vaxxer. I mean, even more so than before. So that, you know what I, I, that, that scans. Um, I was actually thinking right, right before you said, it, I was like, oh, she's probably like a turf now or something, but oh, uh, anti-vaxxer is. I'd bet a million dollars. She's a turf now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really. I, I, I kind of hope she. I hope she is, or else we're slandering her. You know what? <laughs> Actually, but who cares? She's an anti-vaxxer. Fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel bad about saying anything now. No, but for, should we explain who Hathar is for the kids? Yeah, please. Have uh, no clue. Yeah, I have. I have barely any memory myself. So yeah, explain my own joke to me, please. <laughs> so this is back from the uh, the early days of Portal of Evil. There used to be this um, this comic strip online called Hathor the Cow Goddess. It was sort of semi-autobiographical, I think, for the author, who was also named Hathor the Cow Goddess, and it was all about how breastfeeding was good, and you should do it, which I don't object to. I don't think any of us object to that. Breastfeeding is probably the, you know, the best way to raise your baby, or uh-huh. the, you know... If you, and, which if is you, not to say that if you can't for whatever reason, you're uh, failing at all. I mean, you, right, you feed right. the baby however it takes. As I mean, I mean obviously, you, Mike didn't brace breast, uh, and Mike's fine. So shoot. Yeah, I'm totally fine. Yeah, it's like if you got a baby that's going to bite you or there are other reasons, you know, it's perfectly fine not to bottle feed. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, I think it's the preferred way to do it is breastfeeding. But, you know, we don't live in that world. So, you know. Whatever, no judgment. But this this woman was very, very evangelical about breastfeeding, and so she wrote the comic strip, or or was basically, I think, mostly various incidents where she had to confront someone about breastfeeding because it was usually her breastfeeding her baby in, in public, and someone being like, "You shouldn't do that," and she'd be like, "Actually, breastfeeding is very good for a baby," and then stuff like that, yeah. and she knew herself wearing like a cow face and it wasn't clear if she was supposed to be wearing a mask or having an actual cow face or whatever but yeah, that was sometimes basically she had the, the cow the face comic. and sometimes she had the human face so yes I, you know like, one of those goddess had... things where like i'm assuming a different aspect yes yes the the style of the um the comic was um uh i i don't know how to describe it but it looked like the sort of thing you would find in like an alternative weekly paper that you might find at your little hippie co-op, you know? Yeah. I was going to say it looked like a hand Xeroxed hand drawn and hand Xeroxed, uh, band poster. Yeah. It had that look to it. It was very, very succulent woman Sark type sort of thing, (laughs) you know? Um, it wasn't like, you know, the thing is it was nothing. I don't think there was anything particularly objectionable about it. It was just one of the things that was, kind of odd because you're like, ah, oh, this woman's really fired up about uh, breastfeeding. All right. Um, and I think she also was very big into being barefoot if I recall correctly, but I, I, again, it's yeah. been 20 years. So, Oh, do you remember that too? So, yeah, I do remember, you know, a bunch of, you know, pro barefoot, you know, it was not like she was ever actively anti shoes. It's just like when, when you have an opportunity to be barefoot, do so. 
I mean, you know, I can see the appeal. Um, so, I mean, ostensibly she's a hippie, but she's the kind of hippie that's into being barefoot and pregnant. So, I mean, which, you know, if you're into that, you should have the freedom to do so. Sure. I don't know about the whole uh, being subservient to your husband thing. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that came up. Yeah, I don't remember. I'd have to. Well, you know, we are a comic podcast. I suppose one day we can do a deep dive into Hathor the Cow Goddess, <laughs> even though she never had her own TV series. Look um, forward to that. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, yeah, God, I, we I, can tie it in I, with a review I'm of just, Barnyard. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, I can't believe that she's, she's still around. Like, that's the thing that, um, but you know what? Uh, more power to her other than being like a, fucking anti-vaxxer but uh oh hathor the cow goddess oh wait a minute naturally the first um uh the first link is the bad web comics wiki but what i want to see is the actual oh no it links to oh, you okay oh hey it's uh oh uh hathor the cow goddess as seen on upworthy the huffington post women you should know and baby center wow she got Featured on Huffington Post? Whoa. That's the big leagues. I'll bet Ariana wanted her there herself. You know, you can buy her books. Like Hathor's mega awesome ebook of breastfeeding in public comics. Hathor's simply delicious book of breast milk comics. I'm okay. I'm I was interested. expecting a breast milk uh, recipe book, but. Well, that may, maybe. I'm not actually sure. Okay. The, the Simply Delicious Book of Breast Milk comics, I do not know if the only use that she's using breast milk for is feeding a baby. She may be doing other things with it, too. Um, <laughs> Yogurt. Which, which which yeah, which I guess is fine. I mean, you know? if you produce more um, than the baby can eat, you, you should probably recycle it somehow. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, you know, my initial uh, uh, confusion and surprise... But now I'm thinking like, no, actually, that's a very normal and, and good thing to do if you have extra breast milk. I, I assume it's probably just, I wonder, I don't mean, I don't know how it tastes, if it would be that much different than drinking cow milk or, you know. Well, I know I, I that uh, if mom smokes, breast milk will taste like cigarettes. Oh, really? Ugh. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I have heard it. I guess it does vary a lot depending on, oh, well, okay. Well, hopefully if she's doing stuff with it, then I guess she's got to keep to a very strict diet, you know, that's not going to get any like garlic in there or anything. So <laughs> Garlic um, breast milk. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I don't think that'd be good. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I, I, I suppose it, it probably is better for you than cow milk because, you know, we're supposed to drink human milk. At least when we're babies, we're never supposed to drink cow milk. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, most yeah most people are not supposed to. Just pretty much anyone who lives beneath a certain latitude. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's also Hathar's way relaxed book of Mama's perspective breastfeeding comics. Um, <laughs> Man, and, okay, she just compiled every breastfeeding comic she had, huh? And then this Hathar's very comforted book of baby's perspective breastfeeding comics. <laughs> Something hey. tells me that these are like eight comics each and she's selling them on Amazon for like two bucks. You're well, you are correct that they are two ninety nine each on <laughs> Amazon, which is the lowest price you can set it for on Amazon. So um, I, I, you know, well, you know, uh, maybe they're only eight, eight comics each. That's that is the. Oh, that's all that's on her website. I don't even see anything else. 
Wow. All right. Well, anyway, that's that's Hathar the cow goddess um, (laughs) for you kids out there. Um, Anyway, but we were we were technically talking about give me a dog, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Give me a dog, Charlie Brown. (laughs) You know, this special is so um, I mean, I can't even remember really how this went through through so i don't know if we're going to be able to do the usual point by point thing we do okay. i think we may well, have wanna, to be a little yeah more... let's see let me just skim through the actual video and let me see we've got okay so first we have a whole bunch of rerun being obnoxious at home his big sister and big brother are not big fans of his and you can understand why because he never shuts up and now he segues into never shutting up at kindergarten and he gets accused of sexually harassing a little girl for saying that we should get a plane to Paris. Yeah, this fear really feels like, uh, I don't know, was, was this part of a comic as well it, that they it adapted? It might have been. It, it feels really, really strained. It feels like, yeah, it's like, Char- oh, it feels like it's from Charles Schultz got old. Yeah, Charles Schultz got old. <laughs> he's like, you know, he's being a curmudgeon. Yeah. And it's like, it's like it's like oh this is this is from the year this is from the years when he was just obsessed with zambonis you know <laughs> not his golden work um, yeah also it was weird because like this little girl that he talks to at the principal's office the rerun is like oh yeah the little girl with the with the with the braids yeah we were gonna run away to Paris but it's like the principal doesn't address doesn't talk mention her by name none of you know her name she's just the girl with the braids or okay yeah oh i mean if you i guess if you ask someone you didn't know their name to go to paris with you they might uh, not think the they might not think you had the, their best uh, best intentions <laughs> yeah i mean i i assume they were thought like oh we're gonna do with like the little redheaded girl thing where just any you know any new character is just gonna be addressed as you know the girl with that particular kind of hair yeah. but um, it is, it does remind you of how like weirdly, I mean, it's, it's obviously a choice that Schultz made, but how it's, it is odd how, or I shouldn't say odd, but it's striking, you know, the, the choices of the peanut universe where it, it's this very core group of characters and, uh, you, you never see anyone beyond that or very, very rarely. Um, yeah, who, it's, who was the most recent character to really be? inducted into the core group was it franklin um unless rerun came after him yeah uh, i think rerun might have come before him but i might be i might be wrong yeah rerun is then yeah i think and rerun didn't really become a member of the core group until he was kind of rediscovered in the 90s and uh took over the strip oh really when people were like we want more rerun we want rerun schultz wanted to do more stuff about rerun i'm guessing he had a grandkid or something at that point and he was like i have a grandkid so i can't uh i can't make funny jokes with my grandkid with charlie brown charlie brown's practically uh, an octogenarian (laughs) well charlie brown is is his stand-in and you can really tell in this special because charlie brown has such a hoarse voice he sounds like he's 80 why can't mm. I have a normal dog like everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> I will I will give this special one thing in that Rerun is the first person to actually notice that Snoopy is, you know, 
like pretty awesome dog. dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it is refreshing to finally see a character who's like, this dog is amazing. Charlie Brown, you've got the most amazing dog in the entire world. It's like, all right, well, at least at least I'll give rerun that that he figures that much out. Although he's just still kind of annoying. Um, so, so you think but, rerun is kind of the kind of the Frank Grimes of uh, Charlie Brown? You know, the one who sees through the fourth wall and recognizes how ridiculous this world he's been born into is. I mean, he's the closest thing you get to that. Yeah. Um, he, um, he's, he also, uh, but he decides because, uh, does it, is it because he thinks Snoopy's so awesome that he decides he wants a dog? Yeah. He keeps coming over to Charlie Brown's house and asking if his dog can come out and play. And Snoopy will sometimes come out and play with him, but mostly he just grabs the cookies and runs. Yeah. Um, and this is a thing where, you know, we get lots of this because I guess there are lots of strips where this happens. So rerun goes and says, Hey, yeah. can you ask your dog to come out and play? And, uh, um, or like, can it come out and frolic? And Charlie Brown's like frolic yesterday. You wanted to come out and play. So like, yes, we're upgrading. Uh, so ask him if he wants to come out to frolic as in to play, uh, or to romp happily. And then Charlie Brown goes and back and he comes and says, he says, no, as in, to deny or to refuse. And it's like, Oh, there were like three jokes you just did in a row there. I can tell that like, you know, there were three subsequent days of comic strips because Charles Schultz had an idea and he just kind of played around with it in different iterations, but they sound weird when you just do them all mashed together in a row like that. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Can you imagine? And just, it's so strange that these peanut specials are just the strips themselves with a jazzy soundtrack behind them. And you know, they don't really add anything to it. Yeah. You know, you, you don't get, um, you just get that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, sort of like, yeah, we have a new theme song for rerun and the rerun song, the rerun, uh, light motif it feels like you're watching a VHS about how to operate your new coffee maker. <laughs> well, you know, it was, uh, this was, like you said, 1993. Yeah. Oh, 2003. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Well, never mind. They were going, I guess they were being retro. Um, so yeah, it, it uh, sounds like the, for Nintendo heads, it sounds like the 3DS eShop. And. <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta say that there are places in this one where the, the non-acting that the children do really is detrimental. Like the scene that's supposed to be, you know, where we're supposed to feel reruns pain as he huddles lonely in the snow with a tear running down his cheek and says, you know, in the stiffest way possible, I guess I'll never have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, I, um, I watching this, even though this, I hate this and this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this at all, but peanuts is, I think we've said it before. It's, it's interesting to watch a thing like this, which is so much the, um, the creation of like a, a single mind with a very clear vision for what it is, you know, like. Charles Schultz like created this universe and, and this this vibe of peanuts and nothing else will ever approach it or be like it no. um, because this is 
you know, can you imagine someone doing something like this today? And it'd be like, no, this is not a crowd pleaser. It's mm. incredible that, but that so many people have vibes with it and that it's got such longevity, but, um, it's just so weird. I don't know. Every time I look at peanuts, I'm always just like, I'm always kind of blown away by, by this, that, that this, this is a phenomenon and, and, you know, it, and how big, uh, peanuts got, you yeah. know, of all the comic strips, this is the one that like really defined, uh, the, the 20th century, I think in terms of newspaper comics, um, man, um, Oh, but also uh, one other good thing about this special is I think this is the first time that I found a character that I dislike more than Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, Snoopy is relatively quite likable in this one. You know, they they go yeah. out of their way to make it like, yeah, Snoopy would be a great dog to have. He's a lot of fun. And, and to his credit, we haven't mentioned him yet, but Spike shows up and it shows that he makes almost as good a friend as Snoopy. Yeah. And, you know, I don't always hate Snoopy. Um, like, there's some specials where I see Snoopy, and he's fine. Um, but there are other ones where I just kind of dislike the way he's he's so dismissive of Charlie Brown. Yes. You know? That was one um, of the best things about A Boy Named Charlie Brown was that Snoopy and Charlie Brown had such an apparently close relationship in that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is interesting to watch this. Like, Charlie Brown... His relationship with Snoopy in this one, we don't get a lot of it. No, we don't there's, get a lot of Charlie not... Brown himself. No, no. He's he just gets just demanded kind of a dog between. from. Yeah. Um, and he seems to kind of just be like, well, I got a dog. Well, he doesn't norm. Why can't I have a normal dog? But otherwise, he's just, you know, there, there isn't much here. So at least we don't get to see Snoopy just being an asshole to Charlie Brown. Um, but it is interesting that, like, rerun really want looks at snoopy and what he re and really wants the thing that snoopy clearly isn't which is like a loving companion because we know that snoopy is not that to charlie brown yeah generally um although um when spike does appear it seems that spike is exactly what um uh rerun was looking for yeah um now there's Sorry, there's a bunch of scenes in it. We don't, you know, we don't get a lot of the cast in this one. There's almost no Franklin, no Marcy, no Peppermint Patty. Um, yeah, Sally is barely like in a it. Br a brief moment, if it's even Franklin. I was, I actually frozen. Like, is that Franklin or is that someone with a different hairstyle? But it's probably. Oh him. yeah, yeah. Um, Sally's in it for like a scene, I think. Um, she complains about not liking winter and then she takes a flight on Snoopy's, um, you know, uh, world war one flying ace. Yeah. There she's going, house. she's going Christmas shopping. Have we mentioned that this special is 41 minutes? This is way too long. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it's like, and most of it is just taken up with like, um, you know, uh, rerun making wry observations from the back of his mother's bicycle, which is not really relevant. Mostly they could have had one scene of that to set it up. And then another one later on when spike gets on it, but they have like three or four, I feel like, yeah, and they go on. They have to, they have to establish it because it is a major plot point. And yeah. I mean, but it really does display the lack of acting ability that robs so much from reruns performance as I don't yeah. know about you, but have you noticed that kids are told so much to shush that when they're actually called on to scream, they can't. 
This would have worked yeah. out a lot better if Rerun was actually able to go in the middle of his as his mother dodges between cars. But instead, he's doing that kid whisper scream. Ah! And, yeah. You know. No, you're right. Um, yeah. Do you know about Catbug? The... I'm sorry, what? Do you know about Catbug from uh, the cartoon Bravest Warriors? Oh, um, I've heard of Bravest Warriors. Yeah, there's there's a character on there whose name is Catbug. He's like a little cat thing with ladybug wings, and he's voiced by mm-hmm. a little boy around seven or eight, and he's adorable. He's everything that Rerun is not. And I think it's because, you know, for one thing, he's not exactly scripted. They uh, let him kind of read the lines his own way. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, that was, yes, that was some... I guess it was about 10 to 15 years later between 2003 and what, 2018. I forget when Bravest Warriors came out, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like, wow, we, did we really evolve so much or was it, was it the direction on this show? I don't know. I hate to point the finger at our friend, Bill Melendez, but you know, I mean, I don't think it's a Bill Melendez. I mean, working with children is hard. Uh, I don't know if Bill Melendez had a natural knack with, with kids, um, maybe he, he, you know, maybe he wasn't the best, maybe he wasn't the man who could get the best performance out of them. The fact that, but the fact is that these were also kids who, um, had to learn their lines, I think phonetically sometimes. Yes. And like, he would be like saying it and they just repeat what he says back to him. Which yes. As I pointed out on be... an earlier podcast, uh, sometimes they even picked up a little bit of his Mexican accent from it. Yeah, like that's the thing. You're gonna get a not. You're always gonna get a stilted performance if kids are just repeating stuff back to you. Mm-hmm. It's not like because first of all, they're not gonna be able to learn lines and rehearse and like practice to get the right thing. They're always just gonna be you say the thing, they say it back. You know, and I guess you can do multiple takes, but I feel like you probably probably didn't do a whole lot of multiple takes because kids get tired real fast and. um yeah, I don't know. Um, plus, like like you said, if if Cat Bud is sorry, Cat Bug is able to you know improvise a little bit, I think you're probably going to get a stronger performance because mm-hmm. it's going to be a little more natural. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. They 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 definitely the the thing with using children in the peanut specials because they've all done that. I think to the um, you know the new one that just came out in theaters. Yeah, that had children and they were, and they were generally really good actors. And that was one of the things that made the, uh, made the Peanuts movie, uh, you know, a significant improvement. Although as actually our friend Alan, who we hang out with and is a little shy about coming on the show, but, uh, should someday, you know, they have a major beef with that movie that saying that it completely, uh, butchers the premise of peanuts entirely. So I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, Alan has to say about mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, this movie that we watched tonight. Oh, um, we also forgot to mention there are like bits where of course Schroeder and Lucy are doing their thing. Yeah. And these really are just feel like filler. Yeah. It's the, Issue with this it's one is that thing. because it's so mm-hmm. comes so late in Charles Schultz's career, there's almost no action to it. And when there is, it's usually Lucy getting flipped off the piano or rerun going flying out the door. 
So, yep. Apart from and a really weird it. moment where Snoopy and a bunch of his Woodstock pals are going sledding in the dog dish at the very beginning, yeah. which is really oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> Remember when Snoopy becomes a Salvation Army Santa in this for some reason? Yeah, that was something I've definitely seen him do in the strip, too. Who's he collecting money for, I guess is the question. Uh, he told Rerun that uh, it was going to a good cause, but he didn't say what. Mm. I'm guessing to buy yeah. him a new supper dish or something. Yeah, I'm going to say, I wouldn't really trust Snoopy on that one. But yeah, um, yeah but uh, it yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know, this whole thing just feels like filler. But uh, finally, I guess um, Charlie Brown talks to, no, like um, Rerun asks if he has any, brothers or sisters and uh we get a little bit about stoopy's extended family yeah we get to um, we get marbles who apparently went for a ride with him on the sop with camel and was not uh, not impressed with it and then we have i actually remember that from the uh the comic strip really except yeah. i yeah except it was done differently in the comic because in the in the movie we see the, the sop with camel is doing the usual thing flying around and marbles is like getting sick and scared and everything in the, um, strip. Like it was just Snoopy sitting on top of his doghouse narrating and marbles is like, what's going on? We're not moving. I don't understand. Um, but I guess the end result is the same is that marbles is like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Um, but, um, I don't think, I don't know how often marble appeared, in the comic strip. I think he was only in one time, but that does make him a canonical Snoopy sibling. So he keeps getting brought up in things like this. Very, yeah, very infrequently. I think we first met Snoopy's brothers when with almost no lead up, uh, Snoopy wound up in the hospital and Charlie Brown ran in to see him and they were like, sorry, he's already got family there. And Charlie Brown picks him through the picture window. And there's three other dogs there with Snoopy. So, <laughs> You know, it also, um, you know, uh, in this, in this, uh, in the peanuts, when we were talking about how it's such a small contained universe, um, you know, we never see any adults. We occasionally see other children outside of the core cast, but do we ever see any animals other than Snoopy's family? Like we don't see any other dogs. Yeah, we hear a German shepherd in this, but we but we're only told by Rerun that it's a German shepherd. We never actually see it. The only other yeah. animal I can think of besides Woodstock is Farron. And who's Farron? Farron is Frida's cat. And Oh, I yes, do remember. Yeah, you're right. The boneless cat that she carries around and never touches the ground and there's and Charles Schultz dropped Farron pretty early on because he was like, I can't draw cats. Yeah. The only other thing I just remembered is in uh, race for your life, Charlie Brown, where the villains oh, yeah. have There's a, a mean cat in that, isn't there? Yeah. I think it's a cat. It looks kind of like a cat. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those animals that like you look at and you're like, that is a bad guy, car bad guy, cartoon animal. <laughs> and it appears kind of cat like, but it also seems to have some dog-like qualities, so who knows what that's supposed to be. Um, looks like Mad Cat. Yeah, it kind of does. I always thought it almost had a lizard-like quality to it, to be yeah. honest. Um, it, it, yeah, but, um, but yeah, you don't really see, you see very few 
uh, even animals outside of the core cast. And it makes it interesting, like when you you see a peanut special, because it's really you're looking at something that it's a visual medium, but it shows you so little, you know, like yeah. it's it'll be a, a mostly static shot of rerun on the back of his mom's bike with, you know, there's a background moving by, but you never see the bike. You never see the mom. You never see any of the things he's talking about. He's just narrating what's happening. And that's very typical for peanuts. Um, and I, I don't want to fault it. I know that's a stylistic choice. There's a you know reasons for it. It kind of captures the, I think the feeling of the world when you are a child, it's, it kind of feels just weird and beyond beyond your imagining in some ways but it, it makes but it is odd watching it just thinking like oh yeah i'm glad that they're not showing us any of these things they're talking about you know you ever watch ed ed and eddie uh barely uh wasn't were you a fan not really um but i just remember it because like peanuts it's it's basically a core cast of like five or six kids and they never showed another character in that entire series other than those five or six kids. Hmm. So it's like it's like Peanuts, but even more extreme. They didn't even have other kids appear or <laughs> uh, other animals, I don't think. Um, so um, I always wondered if that was actually inspired somewhat by uh, Schultz's choices and trying to capture that same feel. But um, I don't know. I have not done any research. Anyway, the important thing is we also see... Uh, ugly Olaf, Snoopy's other brother, and who's uh, who's called Ugly Olaf because I guess he's fat and wears a weird hat. Uh, they I only call him. I just realized they only call him Olaf in this. Actually, they don't yeah, call him Ugly Olaf. I've never heard him called Ugly Olaf before. Yeah, in the comic strip, they call him Ugly Olaf because it he appeared when there was a an ugly dog contest. And Lucy was trying to enter Snoopy, and Snoopy objected that they should enter his brother, whom he said they all called Ugly Olaf. And mm. when Olaf first appeared, he was wearing a paper bag over himself. So for several weeks, you never actually saw what he looked like. And when they finally revealed it, he was like a, a, a big fat dog with buck teeth and this weird, like, um, I guess, what do you call those those fur pelt hats that they oh, wear yeah. in Wisconsin? Yeah, he's got that, he's got that, like... Uh... The Kyle Brafflowski hat. Yeah. 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 I think maybe when they made the special, they were like, you know, he's not actually ugly. Uh, and that's kind of mean too. They shouldn't say that, you know, just because yeah. he's got a weird hat. So, um, so they just call him Olaf in this. And um, his, and, a, and instead of buck teeth, he just has a permanent, uh, blep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, I guess they, they were like, look, maybe, um, maybe Schultz's original, uh, depiction of ugly of Olaf was not as sensitive for the year 2003. You know, they're like 2000, 1993 was a different time. 2003. We can't do that anymore. So we're going to like, we're, we're going to be less mean to Olaf. So Olaf is just Olaf. Um, and there's another one too. That I about think Olaf. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Olaf has appeared a few times. I don't know if they dropped the ugly moniker after that first appearance though. Cause that's the only appearance that I recall of him. Yeah, um, yeah. The Peanuts Wiki says Olaf, originally called Ugly Olaf, is a uh, there. You go, vindication. Yeah. And um, so wait, so let's see. What about um, uh, who's the other one? Because it's not just Olaf who appears in the hospital. There's a second dog too. Oh, it's not Andy. Marbles. 
Andy is the, Andy. Is the shaggy one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I know nothing about Andy. I don't recall ever seeing him in the comic strip. Yeah, I mean, he's he's always paired with Olaf. He he doesn't really do anything besides travel with Olaf. Hmm. All right. Well, good good for him. You know. <laughs> but oh, and um, Andy is specifically based on Charles Schultz's dog, Andy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, now, I believe I, I remember reading that Snoopy was originally based on his own dog, Spike. Though, <laughs> I'm sure later on he also added a dog named Spike. So I guess he had multiple dogs over the course of his life, which so, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> many, many people do. So, I don't know why I always thought he just had one dog his entire life. <laughs> For 80 odd years, one single dog. Like we always say on this podcast, dogs don't live that long. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's very funny. It's very, <laughs> it's very funny because I'm a cat person and cats now, never die. That That is the nice thing about cats. They do have longer lives than dogs. I mean, usually yeah, they have nine of cat, them. Yeah, you'll generally get about, you know, 15 years with a cat for every 10 you get with a dog. So uh, dogs suck. Dogs are the worst. <laughs> well, I tell you. Um, it's like, I don't, I'm not, I don't like dogs. I mean, they're okay. They're fine. If you have a dog and you like dogs, more power to you. Um, and there are, there's some, there's some good dogs, you know, I mean, there's some good ones, you know, I mean, occasionally, you know what I mean? You know what yes. I mean? You can, um, I mean, but uh, you can be opposed to dogs as a species and still make friends with individual dogs. Yes. My thing is though, that like, if, uh, dogs are just so, they're so needy, it's pathetic. A dog is. I'm, every time I see a dog, I'm like, have some dignity, God. <laughs> um, you know, like if a dog likes you, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. You like everyone. Now, if a cat likes me, I'm like, thou, that's special. Yeah. Because like they're picky, you know. Anyway, don't, I, if sound off in the comments, I guess if you <laughs> prefer cats or dogs. This this is definitely not a controversial thing that people get mad about. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, why was I, I went off on a tear about dogs. Um, uh, because, oh, so yeah, Andy was a, a real dog of his. So I think it's funny that, uh, Charles Schultz introduced so many cartoon characters that are named after real animals. Whereas he Sparky Schultz got his nickname from spark plug from Snuffy Smith. So it's this continuing oh, chain of naming people after cartoon characters and cartoon characters after animals. Okay. It doesn't work. How how many people do you think got their uh, got nicknamed Snoopy because they liked peanuts so much? <laughs> because oh, I, oh, you mean the comic? I thought she was like, you know, you, like they were yeah. eating peanuts by the fistful, and like he likes peanuts. We should call him Snoopy. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would be very weird if that happened. <laughs> yeah. Because like if I saw if someone was named Snoopy and they were like, you know, like yeah, we call him Snoopy because he just loves eating peanuts, I'd be all like. Well, I, I get the connection, but that's not where my mind would have gone. <laughs> if I saw someone who loved eating peanuts, I'd be like, I don't know. What's an ele- what's a name you give an elephant? You know, like, Snoopy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there. But um, yeah, that would be. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like if I see, um, you know, it's like uh, if I see someone who loves eating lasagna, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to call you Garfield. That fits, you know. Like if I saw someone who loved Zambonis, I'd be like, I call them Snoopy because he loves them Zambonis. And if um, you found someone who loved eating Garfield or uh, 
Call him Alf. Alf, yeah. <laughs> or a Gordon Shumway, I guess. Catch, yeah. No, that's his real name. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's his. That's his dead name. <laughs> <laughs> but um so, of so garfield watching mm-hmm. garfield we've watched a bunch of garfield specials and a bunch of peanut specials by now and aren't you glad that peanut special that garfield specials are written for the screen as opposed to just kind of being compiled strips like this god yes um <laughs> is there any garfield special that's just that was originally a series of comics because i don't think there is they're all they're all written for the screen right yeah, actually, usually it's kind of the other way around. They would do the special and then they would kind of adapt the special to the strip. Like there's a series mm, of strips that kind of retell the story of Garfield on the town where he meets his mom. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yes, I feel like the Garfield specials are, ha, are have a lot more economy of storytelling. Yeah. I, I feel like they don't, you know, they don't waste your time with a lot of this filler stuff uh, where they're just like, oh, look, we're going to. And, and okay, there are iconic things that a comic strip character has to do when they're in their special. Like, if you watch a Garfield special, of course, he's going to, like, do that motion where he eats lasagna, where he just throws it into his mouth, you know? <laughs> like, you'll, you'll see that, or maybe you'll see him kicking Odie off the table. Like, there's certain things, right? So, of course, in a Peanuts special... Yeah, you expect certain things, but at the same time, it's like, do we do we really need... To, to pad this thing out to 40 minutes with, um, you know, Lucy lo- talking to Schroeder about how, oh, I bet Beethoven would have had a girlfriend or something. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I guess we want we got to have a, a Schroeder Lucy thing, but we don't really. It's not, no, it's not. I mean, it's not that interesting. It's just it just distracts and it just feels like we've got we've already got 40 minutes of this. Um and he and, didn't. And have, you you really, know, there's a lot of things they could have had that they didn't. They didn't have like you know peppermint patty and Charlie Brown talking under the tree or anything like that. They didn't have a Zamboni scene. They could have had a Zamboni scene since it's winter. They could have. You know, I I didn't really realize until I watched a special how much I missed peppermint patty and Marcy. Yeah, because they're kind they, of crucial to all the best stories. Yeah, I mean they're actually like I guess the thing about Peppermint Patty and Marcy is like, they're some of the few characters who aren't just like miserable all the time, you know, like Peppermint Patty. I know she's kind of like got this crush on, on Charlie Brown that like, he just never seems to pick up on. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, which is interesting because he's every other crush. It's like someone who like actively dislikes the person that's crushing on them. But with Charlie Brown, it just seems he literally does not get that. Peppermint Patty is into him. Um, now, all, Patty, oh, all the pain in Peanuts, for the most part, is caused on purpose, like Schroeder throwing Lucy out off of his piano or Lucy decking Linus. But Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty hurt each other accidentally without meaning to. And I think that makes the stories with them all the worse, all the more powerful. Yeah. You know, the Ha Ha Herman story where she overhears, where he overhears her you know, angrily denying that she has a crush on him uh, or the one where she goes to ask the little red haired girl, why, you know, why she's breaking Charlie Brown's heart. And she ends up just crumpling herself because she's like, I understood immediately why he loves her. And no one's ever going to look at me like that. Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like there's, yeah. Pepper and Patty is, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, 
pathos in her character, yeah. you know? I feel like she's you the know, most relatable She kind of took one. over the strip in the 70s and 80s in the same way that Rerun did in the 90s, but she made it better. Rerun did not. Yeah, yeah. And, like, she's got just, I mean, you know, despite all the the adversities you know that patty faces you know she's she's obviously got some body images because she's always talking about her big nose yeah and she's you know she's the least traditionally feminine of all the peanuts girls um and you know which isn't really made a big deal of but like it kind of sets her apart from a lot of the other characters in a way that you know she doesn't have you know like like she doesn't i don't know she she she's a very she's a very um uh, she stands alone in yeah. a way that uh, no other Peanuts character does. But at the same time, she's got such a joie de vivre that no other Peanuts character has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she really enjoys life. You know, she brings she's the life of the party. She brings the the she brings the noise with her, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's Marcy's new nickname. The noise. The noise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so when she's not in the special, you're just kind of like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I mean, uh, the, 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 I guess the other character that's closest to her would be Lucy, you know, who's also kind of a very boisterous character. Um, but but it's, negative. you know, but very different. It's very. Ne- yeah, she's very she's crabby, as they say. Yeah. She's definitely a, she's a different beast and she she's no substitute for uh, for the, for Perrin Patty and the noise, you know, yeah. <laughs> And Marcy is more traditionally feminine than Peppermint Patty, but uh, she is also set apart because she has such a complex about her glasses. If you look, mm, if you look at yeah. some of the strips, she feel she is. There's one where she kisses Charlie Brown and says, uh, "I know you could never love a girl who wore glasses." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, Marcy, what a terrible thing to think!" And Charlie Brown uh, is standing I- there with his hat hovering over his head, like I just got kissed. I do remember that because then Snoopy shows up and is like, how does he do that? And it's literally <laughs> the funniest Peanuts punchline I've ever read. Yeah. And it, anyway, and it uh, follows one of the most heartbreaking moments too. So. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why it works. So why it is so funny. Cause you, you know, you need that release afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah. Paramount Part- Patty and, and Marcy. Yeah. There's a vulnerability to them. I mean, a lot of, Peanuts characters have are vulnerable, but with them, it feels a little more, I don't know. Uh, there, there feels like there's some more layers yeah. that we don't really get with some of the others, you know? Um, so when but, we say uh, it's amazing that Peanuts became such a colossus, we're not saying it's, it wasn't deserved. We're just saying that we can't believe that it got this big because <laughs> it's yeah. so huge. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's more just that it's such a, when you actually look at it, like we're used to it because it's been a thing our entire lives, you know, but when you actually look at it, you realize this is such a weird thing that reflects such a, you know, particular vision, you know, and it's not, not that it's bad. I mean, I've slagged on a lot, but it's, that's just cause you know, I'm, you know, being curmudgeonly about it and some of the things don't work for me, but it's just odd that it made it, you know, this huge when you really think about it, because it is not something that's designed to be a crowd pleaser. You know, we're it's used not to like, things that are this huge being engineered as such, because they're part of a giant media conglomerates, uh, you know, giant billion dollar 
multimedia sync, like, I don't know, Avengers Endgame or something. This is yeah, not exactly. that Charlie Brown was you know? ever as big as that, but the Charlie Brown machine might be. Yeah. I mean, it's more, yeah. And that's, it's, it, it's sort of, yeah, the machine has grown large, but it's, it's incredible to think that it was obviously it was based on this property, which obviously struck a chord despite not being, you know, designed um, for the pur- for the express purpose of creating enabling a huge media machine. Because you know, you look at the Marvel movies or whatever Avengers, like you said, and it's like, okay, you can see the formula. You know, a lot of like uh, flashy action with some, you know, pretty pretty middle of the road, you know, humor put in there. So it's like, yeah, okay, you can see you get a lot of people in in seats to watch that because it's it's a crowd pleaser. It's something that. Yep the largest number of people can watch and not be offended. And I am, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of surprised that black Panther was as much a crowd pleaser as it was. I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, black Panther. I am. I was surprised, um, though it it does follow the formula pretty well. So I guess it makes sense. And it's part of the larger Marvel thing. And you have all these Marvel completists and yet, it was definitely, um, you know, uh, compared to a lot of other Marvel stuff, a little bit, it was a little out there, yeah. you know, it, it, it was a more few... of a singular vision as we said. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was funny cause I, I saw that with my mom and afterwards we were all like, yeah, you know, uh, Killmonger is kind of right. You know, yes. and my mom was like, my mom was all like, but he's the bad guy. He wanted to kill people. And it's like, <laughs> it's right there in the name. Yeah. But the- <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, yeah, but did you did you watch the movie? <laughs> did you did you hear the movie? <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, my uh, th- my parents. theory about his name it's his Xbox Live gamer tag. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally going to be Kill Dozer, but then he heard that it <laughs> existed, so he had to change it. Um, but anyway, so whoa, but but the important thing is in this special, which we're discussing, yes. we talked about the other dogs, then they notice that Spike is also one of Snoopy's brothers, and Rerun decides to invite Spike to come to be his dog, uh, which they do. And Spike shows up with a saguaro cactus, because yes. I guess... That's his plus know, one. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess he was like, look, I'm leaving the desert, but I can't leave this cactus here. I gotta bring that with me. Yeah, uh, so he in does. The, in the strips, he talks to the cactus, and it's kind of got that sort of Tom Hanks and Wilson thing going on. Mm. So, I was reading any good okay. books lately, Cactus? Yeah, you're a great conversationalist too, Cactus. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I guess it's they they do the thing where he arrives, and then Lucy is like, "That dog's too thin. I'm gonna fatten him up." And uh, which so we've she seen gives him milkshakes multiple times. Yeah, I remember this sequence from the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. They did it. And except in that one, like it was so that he could confront the neighbor's cat. Yes. And as soon as he actually met World War Two, the cat, he literally sweated off every pound he'd gained. Yeah, I thought that was weird, like (laughs) as a child, because you see the cat like kind of do the swipe thing. Yeah, you you don't see the cat, but you see the 
the swipe and and uh, Spike suddenly is thin again. And I just had this vision of like, because Spike kind of goes flying and then he's thin, that like when Spike goes flying, he's kind of off screen. Like, I don't know why, but my, my vision was that he like opened his mouth and all the fat in his body just flew out of him like Gah! a big blob, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. It's like, I don't know. Cause I was like, how did he lose the weight? What happened? You know, that's the only <laughs> way I could imagine it happening. Um, and this one, uh, it You're- kind of happens. <laughs> it, it happens again, but this time it's because he gets so scared, uh, riding on the back of rerun, um, his mom's bike. Uh, so I guess that was the, why they had to have all the bike stuff to to put that in. Uh, as a as a child, I had a book called Snoopy's Brother Comes to Town, which was based on this sequence. And what happens in that is that Spike, you know, is that Snoopy is feeling you know put out because his brother is getting so much attention. So and Charlie Brown points out, you must be you must be in a bad mood. You're not even doing your supper time dance. So Spike tries to do the supper time dance too, but he's too fat and he ends up rolling all the way home. Okay. Yeah, they, like, that, Charles That's a thing? Okay. Charles Schultz was just really into this idea of Spike getting fat, apparently. I don't know. He was like, mm, I just find this interesting. I just, just think it's, I don't know, I just think it would be interesting if Spike got fat, you know? Uh, what if no, he threw made- Charlie Brown into his mouth and said, More food? Yeah. Oh, then it was like, uh, uh, then he could have like, um, you know, like a little, a road on his giant stomach and cart, like trucks can like dump like food into his mouth and a helicopter can come with a giant pear. (laughs) I actually did think that was a giant pear as a child, but now, now I realize as an adult that that was actually just a big sack of food. (laughs) Oh, a prickly pear. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Uh, but anyway, so Spike, um, he loses the weight. Um, oh, and but but it's actually unrelated to anything because it just happens. And also, uh, Rerun's mom is like, "Yeah, we can't keep a dog." So uh, we this whole sequence was I don't know. It didn't the, the losing the weight on the bike really wasn't linked to anything. It no, just, it just happens. Guess, it just they just got him back to normal. And before this. During the brief time when Spike is basically Rear Run's dog, we see him in his fat state playing cards with him and uh, doing a jigsaw puzzle with him, and they are just having the best time. And it's just like, you know, this is... It, it kind of sucks that this story is about how Rerun could have gotten exactly what he wanted, and it was the best thing for both him and Spike, but uh, just, you know, it didn't work out basically because of the whims of his mom. Yeah. Uh, isn't that always the case? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's one of those things where, oh, we have to return to the status quo, you know, cause it's yeah. peanuts. Um, but it's like, it really does make these, when you, when you, that's the thing is like, I guess when you really get down to it, these, the, the best you can hope for in a, in a peanut special is kind of a melancholy ending because they're always miserable and you know, they're miserable and the ending can't be happy. It can't change that status quo. So it has to go back to it. So, yeah. Hey, you know, you can get something the bitter. Characters sweet. can't even really age. I mean, no, no. Rerun the ostensibly can... aged, but then he stopped. Yeah. You can only have like good endings. If it's something completely unrelated, like to the main core thing, you know, something that can be forgotten. Like when they went to camp and, and they won the big trophy 
in the race for your life. Yeah. Because, you know, then it's like that, that doesn't affect things back home. So that's that can happen. But anything back home, it's like, well, we got to return to normal. So so the Charlie Brown does try to get Spike adopted by just walking door to door and being like, hey, don't you want to adopt this dog? Don't you want him? And people are just like, no, we don't want that dog. Have you ever um, tried that? You ever tried going door to door with a pet you were trying to give away? I don't think it would work. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and it doesn't. So they're like, oh, sorry, Spike, it didn't work out. Guess you got to go back to Needles. And um, yeah, he just he just hitches, hitchhikes back to Needles. And did you notice that one of the things that roars by him is a red truck? I did not notice that, but I was thinking about, um, you know, this as the, uh, <laughs> the, um, it's too bad. I was going to, I was actually thinking like, oh, it's too bad. They missed that opportunity. They didn't put that in, but are you telling me they actually did? Uh, well, I guess it's a red car, but I thought it was a, oh, I thought it was okay. a truck when it first went by. That's close enough. I think, <laughs> um, I totally missed that, but, um, well, you know what? Okay. I mean, maybe I should take it back when I said this is the worst peanut special. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, I mean, it's the girl in the red truck is terrible, but it's also kind of my favorite because it's just so completely different from anything they ever tried to do otherwise. Yeah, it's compelling, you know, and this one is not. This one is just kind of uh, annoying and boring to me. Yeah, Um, it's just like, why? And, you know, why was it made? Was it like, you know, we need to fill an hour and a half uh, between... You know, so we want to put this right after a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, or maybe we'll do a Charlie Brown Christmas and then it's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown. And then this and then uh, Charlie Brown's Christmas Tales. Uh, um, that's too much Christmas. I can't take it all. Um, yeah, and th- this one is so not there's not a whole lot of Christmas in this, to be honest. I mean, no. I know we've got like. I know we've got like Char- uh, Snoopy doing the Salvation Army Santa. We have a bit where for Lucy randomly puts rerun in a play that is just the kids reciting the nativity story. Yeah, um, that was something. Again, this was something where the role of rerun was originally played by Linus. Yeah, but well, now yeah, but it's like, wouldn't you like the same thing but worse? Yeah, that 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 Here's is rerun. very much what this is. This is more peanuts reproduced in the same style with slightly younger performers. And you know, did you need it? How necessary was it? Did you get the dog you wanted for Christmas, Charlie Brown? Or wait, no, Charlie <laughs> Brown didn't want the dog. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, uh, Bill it was like <laughs> Bill wanted the dog. <laughs> He was the one who said it. <laughs> yeah. I want a dog for Christmas, Charlie Brown. Yeah, Charlie Brown. I want a dog for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is basically, it's like, do you like peanuts? Well, here's that kind of dry, crumbly peanut stuff that's inside a, you know, a Reese's peanut cup. It's like, eh, okay. What? I mean, what? yeah, I like that too, but. Hmm. Wait nah, a minute. Not, not, what the uh, hell? What? <laughs> what? I'm looking at the Peanuts Wiki article about this, and it seems to have been, like, uh, vandalized or something, because it's been, completely, it's been completely rewritten, so instead of Spike, it's Olaf that 
that they invite to uh, live there, and Lucy puts him on a diet, and I guess what? he, I guess he gets fat again, and he has to leave. You know, it's it's funny about that is uh, how long ago do you think it was vandalized? Because oh how how yeah uh, yeah how long has it been this way? Uh, let me see, October of twenty twenty one. Wait. No, or let me let me see. <laughs> okay, I gotta compare it with the previous edition. Oh my god, it's 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 been there forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love that nobody cares enough to act about this special to actually like be watching. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm geez. I, I hope that the uh, I hope the um, editors of uh, Peanuts Wiki uh, are more on the ball in the future because <laughs> well, how embarrassing. Yeah, because. <laughs> They're going to, the thing about these uh, Wikia wikis is that uh, articles from them just get uh, copied wholesale and put onto actual Wikipedia. So I hope someone on Wikipedia (laughs) is paying attention. No, yeah, well, that's the big leagues. I'm sure they wouldn't make such an embarrassing blunder. (laughs) Anyway, so that's, uh, that's, um, I want a dog, Charlie Brown. Yeah, Charlie (laughs) Brown, I want a dog. Um, What? Look forward to more appearances from Bill and Murray in all future special presentation Peanuts episodes. <laughs> all right. Anything else that uh, you want to say about? Um... Uh, well, the last line is Charlie. The last line of the whole movie is Charlie Brown lying in bed with Snoopy sleeping on him. And he says, uh, sometimes I wonder where will it all end? And then a voice comes to me and says, right after the credits. And then the credits roll. So it's it's weirdly final. It's like, oh my God, the world came to an end. Yeah. It's like, oh my. Also very meta. Charlie Brown suddenly became self-aware. <laughs> at at 8.52 p.m. On, on December 21st, 2003, Charlie Brown became sapient. Charlie Brown.